Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Fawad Izadi. Fawad is a member of World Beyond Wars Coordinating Committee. He is based in Iran. His research and teaching interests are interdisciplinary and focus on U.S.-Iranian relations and U.S. public diplomacy. His book, United States Public Diplomacy Towards Iran, discusses the U.S. communications efforts in Iran during the George W. Bush and Obama administrations. Izadi has published numerous studies in national and international academic journals and major handbooks, including Journal of Communication Inquiry, Journal of Arts Management, Law and Society, Rutledge Handbook of Public Diplomacy, and Edward Elgar Handbook of Cultural Security. Dr. Fawad Izadi is a faculty member at the Department of American Studies, faculty of World Studies, University of Tehran, where he teaches MA and PhD courses in American Studies. Fawad Izadi, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Uh, it's great to have you on, uh, and thank you also for being a coordinating committee member for World Beyond War. What has the U.S. government's behavior been like toward Iran, and, and how has it changed, if at all, through the Bush years and the Obama years and now the Trump uh, administration? During the uh, Obama administration, as you know, there was this uh, nuclear agreement. Based on that agreement, the Iranian government more or less stopped its uh, nuclear program, and then the United States government was supposed to uh, stop the sanctions. Sorry, when you say nuclear program, that's a nuclear energy program, right? That's what the Iranian government says, that this is a a peaceful uh, nuclear energy program. Uh, The U.S. government disagrees. They say that uh, Iran has lots of oil, and uh, they don't uh, really need nuclear energy program. So they say the reason for the program is to eventually uh, make a nuclear bomb. Uh, We have the International Atomic Energy Agency that has been uh, monitoring Iran's nuclear program, and they have this uh, terminology diversion. What that means is that uh, based on um, their inspections, uh, no nuclear fossil material has been diverted uh, to a military a program based on what they have uh, said. Uh, so they have uh, inspected Iranian nuclear sites and they have not uh, said that Iran is making a nuclear weapon. In fact, if you look at the worldwide threat assessment of the U.S. intelligence community for the last uh, number of years, 10, 15 years, Uh, They also don't uh, claim that Iran is uh, making a nuclear weapon. uh, The sentence they have is that they don't know if uh, Iran will eventually have a nuclear weapon program. What Iran has, basically, is a nuclear program. Iran says it's for peaceful purposes, and Iran has not moved towards making a nuclear bomb, this much we know. The problem the U.S. government has is that sometime in the future, since you have the technology, you may actually decide to make a nuclear weapon. And since 
we don't like your government that much. Um, we don't want you to advance the nuclear technology because eventually you could use that for military purposes. And what Iran says is that but we haven't done that yet, and we are a member of a non-proliferation uh, treaty NPT, and uh, being a member of NPT uh, allows us to have a peaceful nuclear program. So that's the, the dispute. It is uh, based on the nuclear uh, agreement, uh, JCPOA, uh, joint uh, the, 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 the stands for uh, comprehensive plan of action or joint comprehensive plan of, plan of action. Um, Iran basically said, okay, we are not making a nuclear bomb, but in order to get the sanctions off our back, we will uh, more or less stop uh, our nuclear program. So they used to uh, enrich uranium at a 20% level. You need to do that at a 99% level if you want to make a nuclear bomb. But they were doing it at, at a 20% level. The Iranian government said, okay, well, don't go beyond 3.5%. They had uh, about 10,000 uh, kilograms of uh, enriched uranium. They had uh, stockpiled that for um, a number of years, and the Iranian government uh, said, well, ship that out. So Iran doesn't have that anymore. Uh, Iran had about 19,000 centrifuges, and uh, based on the agreement, two-thirds of those centrifuges were supposed to be put in a storage, and Iran did that. Iran had a nuclear uh, site, a heavy water site, uh, in in city of Iraq, middle of Iran, basically, took about twenty some years to build that. And based on the agreement, they put concrete in the heart of the nuclear site. So Iran uh, took a number of steps, basically implemented the agreement, and the International Atomic Energy Agency has been certifying that Iran has done that even. When the Trump administration got out of the agreement last May, Iran continued to uh, follow the agreement. But what happened with the Trump administration was that um, uh, uh, President Trump decided to get out of the agreement. And they did not really accuse Iran of violating the agreement because the International Atomic Energy Agency has been certifying, I think, certain times already that Iran has been following the agreement. So the reason the Trump administration got out was because, not because Iran violated the agreement, but they said that Iran's behavior in uh, other areas that U.S. has concerns has not changed. So, for example, they have a problem with Iran's um, regional policies. They have problems with Iran's military uh, capabilities, and uh, they have difficulties with the Iranian government. Uh, so the U.S. got out, and uh, that's where we are 
now. It's about a year since the U.S. is out. And, um, and you don't expect uh, the Trump administration to go back uh, to the agreement. They have this uh, maximum pressure campaign. This is, this is the terminology that they use. And by maximum uh, pressure, they talk about sanctions. So uh, we have uh, lots of difficulties with uh, 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 imports. Uh, Iran's uh, currency, the real, has lost its fair value in the last number of months. It's about one-third of what it used to be worth uh, about a year ago. So then uh, countries' currency loses value, then whatever is imported is much more expensive. So anything that Iran buys from outside is basically three, four times more expensive than what it used to be. And even for products that are produced internally, some of the raw material comes from outside. So even internally built products also see a price hike. So, so we have, because inflation is high, you know, difficulties with the economy. So for what is study, let, let me ask you a question. The, the line that Iran already has a lot of oil and therefore doesn't need nuclear energy uh, is obviously being applied because uh, of other concerns with the Iranian government. Uh, otherwise, it, it occurs to me that Saudi Arabia also has a little bit of oil, uh, and it seems to be uh, perfectly fine for Saudi Arabia to develop nuclear energy, doesn't it? Yeah, in fact, the uh the Trump administration has given um, companies inside the United States to build uh, nuclear sites, a number, I think there are going to be 16 uh, sites, nuclear sites in Saudi Arabia. And uh, actually, Saudi oil is more than what Iran has. And in fact, before 1979, before the uh, revolution, we had the U.S. government basically doing the same thing to, uh, with regard to the Shah's government. They were um, saying that Iran, at that time, needs 20,000 megawatts of energy from a nuclear plant. So they were building, uh, proposing for Iran to build uh, a number of uh, nuclear sites, the same thing they are actually doing with the Saudi government. Yeah, the nuclear the nuclear companies in the United States were advertising nuclear energy with with big photos of the Shah, uh, indicating That's nuclear right. energy was so great because the Shah likes it. Uh, back in the yeah, yeah. back in the seventies. Um, what about what about labeling uh, part of the Iranian military a terrorist organization? How does this uh, recent development change the relationship? You know, um, you, you are with uh, World Beyond War. Um, this is a great organization. Uh, this is actually going to uh, result uh, in a military uh, confrontation between Iran and the United States, most likely, because uh, Iranian forces, uh, American forces, are uh, at uh, close proximity uh, all over the Middle East. For example, you know, when U.S. Navy comes into the Persian Gulf, 
near the Gulf, especially at the Strait of Hormuz. That's why. And uh, Iranian uh, territorial waters they basically touch the territorial waters of Iran and then they go inside the Persian Gulf. And there's this, based on international law, uh, law of seas, there's this radio communication between whatever ship is passing and the host country, the country that has the, the coast of, uh, of that water. And uh, so we don't know what's going to happen because the, the security for Persian Gulf is done with uh, IRGC, which is um, a big part of Iran's military. And now the U.S. has said that this is a terrorist organization. So is U.S. Navy going to communicate with this so-called terrorist organization? And if they don't, since this is actually Iran is a sovereign country, these are territorial waters. So it's going to be quite complicated, not only in the Persian Gulf, uh, elsewhere, you know. Um, Iran's uh, troops are in uh, Syria, U.S. troops in, in Syria, in Iraq, during the fight with ISIS. Um, some, they used to coordinate with each other uh, when they were uh, going after ISIS forces. You have all these confrontations. Unfortunately, in the White House, we have people like John Bolton that have written about bombing Iran. And uh, even Mike Pompeo, when uh, he was a U.S. congressman, uh, had asked for limited military operations uh, against Iran. And these guys have uh, powerful jobs. So if they want to implement the ideas they had before they got the job, then that's basically a military confrontation. And Iran is different with uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Iran is stronger. And uh, so the sad news is that we are not moving beyond war. We are probably getting into one. And uh, so people are quite worried in Iran uh, that uh, we are going to see another uh, Middle Eastern war that is not necessary. And, and this has been going on, as you know, for many years, the, the propaganda in the United States uh, demonizing Iran. Uh, there was a survey of people in 65 countries several years ago asking what country is the biggest threat to peace in the world. And in many countries, uh, the winner was the United States. But in the United States, it was Iran. Uh, people have been convinced that the Iranian government is is out to get them. The Iranian people are out to get them. Uh, the, Iran is some sort of a threat to the United States. Uh, what uh, what do you say to such charges? You know, uh, Iran-U.S. relations are, have been quite difficult for many decades now, and it's not really what happened in 1979. Uh, the confrontation started in 1953, as you know, with the CIA coup. And this is well many years before there was the current government in power. And um, 
the U.S. supported the Shah after the coup. You know, the Shah was a brutal dictator, torturing people, targeting resources. Um, after the war, after Shah's overthrow and after the revolution, there was this chance of basically making up and sort of having a normal uh, relation. But at that time, the um, U.S. government actually continued its support for the Shah when uh, he was out of the uh, country. Um, and when they allowed the Shah inside the United States, some the students in Iran thought they want to orchestrate another coup d'etat, and they sort of took over the U.S. Embassy. And uh, uh, and after the uh, embassy personnel were released, the, the start of we, we had the start of Iran Iraq war. And during the war, the United States actually uh, helped Saddam Hussein. The um, uh, U.S. military used to provide satellite images of Iranian forces, and so they would give that to Saddam yeah. forces. And those pictures were used to attack Iranian forces with chemical weapons. The U.S. military would take pictures again, and they would see where the chemical weapons whether they, they were successful in hitting their target or not. So they had this military cooperation, economic cooperation. Um, after the war, um, during the Clinton administration, um, you had you know there was this chance of improving relations again, but we had. Uh, uh, sanctions law, uh, Iran Sanctions Act in 1996. Uh, the U.S. Congress was really not ready at that time to have any type of normal relations with Iran. And this flood uh, of sanctions basically uh, has continued. Um, so I think throughout the last 40 years at this time, the government in Iran has for some people in the government, at least, for example, the Rouhani government administration, have been interested in improving the relations with the United States. The idea behind the nuclear agreement was to basically resolve that uh, resolve the nuclear uh, program difficulty and then move to other issues of concern. So uh, the idea of the Rouhani administration was to basically uh, make a list of the things that the U.S. government is upset about and uh, fix those problems and uh, have uh, have a normal relations with the United States. But when the Trump administration came in, um, they got out of the nuclear agreement. So even the Rouhani government is not arguing for uh, giving more concessions to the United States because they don't see any... Uh, value in that. So I think, uh, unfortunately, you're going to see many years of confrontation uh, because of the experience that the nuclear agreement uh, resulted in. 
you know, Fawad, here in the United States, anti-war voices have been virtually shut out from the big U.S. media. You can't go on U.S. television and speak against war or war propaganda. Uh, but I, like most U.S. peace activists, I get phone calls almost every day from Iranian media uh, wanting me to talk against war and against U.S. militarism. Uh, and I, I spoke with a, a friend recently who moved from Iran to the United States years ago, uh, and, and she told me that nobody in Iran pays any attention to Iranian media. They believe it's it's all lies, uh, and they believe uh, they believe Hollywood movies about the United States. Uh, so Iranian media is just a medium for speaking to people. Uh, around the world who happen to tune into it, uh, it's not a way to reach people in Iran. <laughs> is that is that accurate? You know, Iran has a population of uh, 80 million. It's a relatively uh, a country. And uh, there are different types of people in Iran. Same way you have different types of people in the United States. Not everybody in the United States is an anti-war activist. Uh, definitely <laughs> not, unfortunately. You have people in the United States that voted for President Trump. So uh, you have this diversity of people in Iran, in the United States. Um, the 1979 revolution was um, uh, a popular revolution. It had no support from outside. It was opposing uh, Western hegemony inside Iran, and it also was not an ally of the Soviet Union at that time. So um, it, Iran basically joined the non-alliance movement uh, after after the revolution. Uh, in the last 40 years, uh, Iran, the government that came into power, has lost popularity with a significant uh, portion of the population. And um, part of the difficulties they have is that they have not been able to deliver economically. And they have not been able to deliver economically because of corruption uh, and also because of the difficulties uh, they are getting from the United States, the sanctions they have been facing for Many decades, and obviously there's mismanagement and a lack of proper management. So these issues have resulted in a segment of population not really supporting the government. Um, there are elections in Iran; people dispute the um, way elections are orchestrated here, but. We get about you know more than fifty percent, generally sixty, sixty-five percent, sometimes seventy percent of the population, voting population, voting age population, that is uh, participating in election. Uh, that doesn't mean Iran's democracy is um, uh, pure democracy or a democracy that uh, doesn't have any difficulties. But what I can tell you. Uh, is that Iranians want to resolve their problems internally. They don't want the U.S. government to interfere uh, 
history of U.S. interference in Iran when affairs have been uh, quite difficult and resulted in uh, coups and support for dictators. And actually, when the U.S. government interferes, and, you know, whenever I say there's a demonstration somewhere in Iran, you have the Secretary of the State coming and making a statement or stating something, and that actually hurts the yeah. internal uh, dialogue that any country needs to have to resolve problems that they have. Because one side is supported by the United States, and the other side thinks this uh, movement is a foreign uh, design movement, and that actually hurts right. people who are uh, voicing dissent. Uh, so uh, we have we have internal problems. We have this uh, external intervention, and uh, things don't get uh, properly taken care of. One thing I can tell you is that you know we have this uh, UN Human Development Index. This is an index that the United Nations uses to see how uh, people's lives have improved. For example. Uh, life expectancy or right. the average number of years people are in school or, uh, you know, these um, sort of statistics. And actually, in the last 40 years, Iran has been doing quite well. And the reason is that the people who came into power after the 1979 revolution were from the poorer segments of society, from villages, and they actually helped their own hometowns, and that resulted in uh, Iran's uh, human development index. Actually, it's number one in terms of growth in the world Yeah, in the last 40 years. For Fawadi so, Zadi, we've got just two minutes left and uh, a dozen questions I'd hope to ask you. you uh, there was a delegation from the United States that you were kind enough to, to meet with in Tehran recently. Yeah. You're forming a chapter of World Beyond War. You're looking at possibly putting up billboards for peace. Can you talk about what uh, what you're able to do as a peace activist in Iran? You know, I um, teach American studies at the University of Tehran, and uh, one of the things I try to do every day is uh, to uh, tell our students and also the general public uh, about the United States, because some people think that the U.S. is equal to whoever is sitting in the White House, and as you know, and your audience know, uh, there are many people in the United States that disagree with uh, Trump's policies. Um, the peace delegation that came in uh, two, three months ago uh, is a good example uh, for that. Um, one thing we need to make sure we avoid is, as I said earlier, military confrontation between Iran and the United States. And we need to educate both Iranian public opinion and U.S. public opinion about the realities uh, uh, and the uh, sort of the disaster that wars create for human beings. And uh, so that's that's part of what I've been trying to do for the last um, number of years. Um, it's uh, not that easy. Um, we had, for example, uh, difficulties with visas when this uh, delegation 
us funding in. So that's the difficulty we have with the Iranian government, which would give visas to these delegations. Yeah. And uh, then when these people uh, go back, sometimes you have, uh, they have difficulties in the United States. Uh, so these are difficult tasks. Well, it is something uh, we will have to... Anything. It's something we'll have to continue to work on with further delegations. Fawadi Zadi is a a scholar and educator in Tehran. Thank you very, very much, Fawad, for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.